0: I am not gonna show up in pants and a suit and tie. I, I'm gonna be wearing, I'm gonna be showing up as me. And that is the same Philip that you'll meet at dinner, the same Philip that you'll meet at, at, at a party, the same Philip that you will meet in a $10 million listing.
1: So the question is this: How do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market? especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate rock stars! This is Aaron Bucastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow-Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow-Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow-Up Boss.
0: We use Follow-Up Boss.
2: So we use Follow-Up
0: Boss. I love Follow-Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans in follow Boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. follow Boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used
1: Sync and we switched from Sync to Follow Boss.
0: Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Rivety Sync. I've looked at Boomtown like real geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with
2: Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LionDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think Follow Boss gives you the most integrations Mm -hmm. that are simple, and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time, it's still affordable.
1: I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text
2: from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything
0: that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list-based, that's fine. If I want to go task-based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user-friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it, it's so user-friendly.
1: I don't have a one-horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash Rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out. Especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks
2: again. Now back to our show. All right, real estate rock stars, welcome to the show. Today we've got Philip Salem, who is one of the top Compass agents in New York City. He sold $45 million in inventory last year. Um, he is most well known by uh, by his hashtag, not your basic broker, because he is just huge on de- delivering a genuine and authentic version of himself to his clients, building trust through that authenticity, um, and giving matter of fact advice to his clients that has led to extreme success for not only himself but his buyers, his sellers, and in one of the most competitive marketplaces on the earth. So, uh, Philip, welcome to the show, sir. I'm excited to talk to you.
0: What an intro. Thank you so much for that <laughs> very kind intro.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I-, I read in your bio, you didn't start in real estate in New York. You started in fashion. Is that right? Yes, that is
0: correct. And somehow I ended up in this crazy real estate world. <laughs> That's <fantastic. laughs> Yeah. I-, I-, I graduated from the fashion Institute of technology. Mm-hmm. I moved out here after, uh, high school. I, I-, I went to, a- I, I actually went to a college in Florida for one year before I came to New York, um, and I always wanted to pursue fashion, so I went to FIT, and I ended up opening up a clothing store in the Meatpacking District, and after five years, the landlord came in and said that we actually got landmark approval to tear down the building, so you got to get out. You have 90 days, so gosh, closed my store. I actually... My he was my fiance at the time. He's now my husband, and he was like, "Why don't you become a real estate agent? My my aunt is a good agent in Florida. You know, you have a similar personality. You already have the client base. So it kind of just makes sense for you to do real estate." So I was like, "All right, I guess I'll try it." I went to real estate school, got my license, and five years later, here I am talking to you on real estate rockstar podcast. <laughs> and I'm That's sure we'll amazing. fill in those five year gaps on this podcast right
2: now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So obviously, background and fashion that first of all, moving to New York City out of high school, that is bold. Where were you from originally?
0: I'm from Akron, Ohio. It's a, it's a town outside of Cleveland. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. <laughs> but yeah, we're LeBron like a little city. Yes, LeBron. I went to high school with LeBron. We went no to way. Disney.
2: Yes, that I went to St. St. Mary. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Were you there at the same time as him when, that, when all that craze was going on around him?
0: It was crazy. My, my brother graduated with him. My brother and him are, were in the same class. I was a sophomore when he was a senior. So it was a very crazy high school experience. And I'm very happy for him. <laughs> the that's biggest cool. athlete in the world.
2: Yes. And he's going to need some New York city real estate. So LeBron, if you're listening,
0: I know, right. I need that like $75 million buyer.
2: (laughs) There you go. So, okay. So out of high school, you, you know, you want to pursue fashion, you go to college in Florida. And then after a year you transition to New York. I feel like having to kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps in New York as, as so many people do when they get to New York city, you learn sales in a very tough environment, and you probably have to learn pretty quickly, I imagine.
0: I learned sales from a very, you know, at the beginning of my New York experience, I, you know, I I came here when I was 19. My my dream was to work at Barney's New York, RIP Barney's. I'm not sure if you remember Barney's, the department store they've now closed. But I started doing luxury sales in fashion there, and then I transitioned into luxury uh, sales in my own store, and then it kind of just was more of a seamless transition. Instead of selling clothing, I'm now selling an entire lifestyle. And if I stayed true to those you know, core beliefs and values of what I believe is exceptional customer service, it would translate into real estate. There are 30 plus thousand real estate agents running around this island of New York City. <laughs> so the competition is crazy but really standing outside and being true to your authentic self is what has made me become as successful as I am.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. It's, um, it's easy to conform to what you think you should be or or what, what real estate agents look like on TV or maybe the ones you know for me. So my brother is one of the top agents in the whole country and wow. it, yes, yeah, he's had, he's had over a billion dollars in sales. He's 30 years old. That's amazing. Brought um, yeah, to him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's impressive. And so for me coming in the business on his heels, it was like, at first it was a struggle to, to find that authenticity for myself and to be comfortable in my own skin and, uh, and kind of set myself apart. Did you ever struggle with that? Or were you just from day one? You're like, you know what? I'm going to be me.
0: That is the greatest question that I could answer right now, because speaking of Barneys, I remember when I, you know, passed my test and I joined my first firm, I saw how real estate agents looked on TV. I saw how they acted. And I was like, okay, I need to wear a tie. I need to wear a shirt. I need to have a briefcase. I need to, you know, be a little bit more bold. Me, five years later, I, you will not catch me dead in a tie you will not catch me dead in a suit you will not catch me dead in pants if it's over 60 degrees i do not wear pants um you know my, my threshold is 60 degrees and i'm in shorts and that's who i am authentically i like to express myself through fashion and whether it be more feminine that is who i am but there are days when i want to be a little bit more masculine and that's how and that's who i am um i i I really tried to break that mold of a typical real estate agent. I'm in, I'm doing quotations because that's what we see and that's what we believe. No longer am I adhering to those, you know, to me, they're a little bit dated and they're a little bit more of trying to conform to somebody that you're not. It's so funny because when I show up, you know, I, I was just in appointments today. I'm wearing a sheer, you know, it's kind of sheer. You can't really tell on the Zoom it's a sheer black tank and I'm wearing this like pink overcoat. People look at me and I'm in sparkly white shorts right now, you know, and I have these big red sunglasses and, and your like, hair's is blue That's... and my hair is blue. Yeah. My hair is blue. Good, good catch. I forgot. I forgot that it was blue. I just got it done. And people like, are you the real estate agent? And I say, yes, you can check my credentials because I was just ranked. And I say this humbly in the top 200 of all real estate agents in the New York state on sales volume. So when people see somebody like me, who is an out queer person, they're like, I could be that and be myself and not adhere to these normatives that people tell me how real estate agents should act and should look. So I really just started believing in, in, in myself and becoming who, who I truly am and not listening to all the noise and the BS that we hear, not only from agents, but from also clients. Because a lot of clients, you know, or potential clients will look at me be like, I don't want to work with him. He's, he's, he, he's weird looking or he's queer. Like, why is he wearing these long, big hoop earrings? Ex- again, an example. But I'm not going to change because even if somebody has a $10 million budget, I will not work with them if they, if they, don't, like, if, if they don't appreciate my true authentic self. I've lost clients over it. I have lost clients who might look at me or or see me and be like, you know, I don't, I can't take him seriously because he's wearing shorts. It is it, it, just so funny. I would rather show up chic and sexy to a listing than sweaty and gross. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially in the hundred degree weather in New York, it could be a hundred degrees. I am not going to show up in pants and a suit and tie. I, I'm going to be where I'm going to be showing up as me, and that is the same Philip that you'll meet. At dinner, the same Philip that you'll meet at, at at a party, the same Philip that you will meet in a ten million dollar listing. That's I just went on a I I just went on a long tangent, so I hope that made sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it absolutely did, and I, and I'm curious too. Um, as you kind of stepped out of that mold of like, oh, this is what I should be, and then you were like, no, yeah. I'm I'm Philip, I'm me. I'm going to wear my hot pink jacket and I'm going to dye my hair blue and I'm still going to sell $45 million in real estate and crush it. That During that transition of like just stepping into your own, did that catapult your business or did you see it grow or did you see any pushback and you had to overcome it? I mean, I'm just curious on how that affected your sales.
0: I, I was lucky enough where once I started believing in myself and started being true to myself, my business quadrupled. Wow. So I started to go along with that. I started really doing a lot of marketing and authentic marketing behind that. So what people were telling me to do in marketing, I stopped doing it and I started doing what I wanted to do. I started doing a lot more video. I started doing ads all down Chelsea, me in a hot pink latex ensemble with pink hair And the hashtag was not your basic broker i was doing mailers to people in that same outfit and sending that hashtag not your basic broker. uh, scan this qr code and it'll take them to a video of me introducing myself and not just selling myself but basically telling them i'm philip salem i love dogs i'm a huge animal advocate i also love mariah carey and i would also love to sell your apartment because real estate is all about a relationship. People want to know who you are. If, if I was like, hey, I'm Philip, and I love numbers and I love learning about, you know, I don't know, sports, that's not me. You know what I mean? A- and I guess people might say, well, you need to know about this stuff to, to be successful with this type of client, not me. I will be myself and I will market myself with more innovative and more fashionable marketing to get clients who get me and I get them, you know?
2: Yep. I've been so much
0: marketing that I've done that have been a bit more authentic than what people have told me to do
2: in the past. And so what were some of those marketing pieces? I mean, obviously it was you in the hot pink suit. Were you you leveraging sales, past sales, or were you just saying, hey, this is who I am. Come get to know me. Let's talk real estate. Let's talk fashion.
0: You know, it's so funny because I didn't even publicize how much i did in sales to you know i just started these ads about two years ago i probably did about 10 10 million a year when i when i had those ads up and you know i've done 45 in the last you know in uh, 2021 20, i'm on target to do that same number this year as well um so it was more about this is me this is who i am and i will not do an ad of me in a suit and tie pretending that i'm on the cell phone You know that's that's not the ad that i'm going to do which what other people told me to do i noticed that once i started being myself and being more true to 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 who i am authentically the business literally was more organic rather than me trying to explain to somebody why do you have blue hair why are you wearing shorts why do you talk the way you talk all these questions that i truly have been asked before by prospective clients or prospective buyers or people that come to an open house, I'm done explaining. What you see is what you get. If you don't like it, you can move on to another agent. I'm I'm, I'm not doing this game anymore. Um, So I think in the beginning of my career, I really had to sell myself. And it's funny because I think we determine success differently. Maybe the year, maybe in 2023, I might not do 45 million. I might do 10 or 20, and that's okay. You know, as long as I determine success by being who I am and, you know, continuing to do the best that I can, that's what matters in the end, you know, but hopefully <laughs> I continue this trajectory upwards. But if not, it's okay. And all we do in the end is we do our best.
2: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I love that. I love that yeah. so much. That's That's yeah. amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. My What I'm wondering is, because for me, I, I kind of went through um, a similar stage of, of just stepping into my own and, and gaining that confidence that came with being like, you know what, I'm me, and I'm okay with being me. I'm okay if you don't like me. Yes. I'm okay if you love me, and we click. That's great, yeah. but I'm me. And as I did that, I found the freedom to to gather close the people that I really clicked with, that I loved working with, and then to just kind of distance myself or even have to outright fire at times clients that just didn't click have you had to go through that
0: absolutely and it's not just letting clients go because of who I am personally it's because also they're not taking my professional advice you know being in the business five years and selling you know not just 45 million that I did last year I probably I've probably done at least almost 100 million in sales since the beginning of my career. If a client doesn't want to believe you, you know, or, or take your advice on certain things, it's okay to let them go because you will be wasting your time. I know a lot of new agents listen to this podcast. And when it's that old phrase, and it's very cliche and cheesy, but when one door closes, a 100 open. And I have done that when I stopped putting my energy and trying to sell myself and sell my professionalism to somebody who just doesn't click or get it, it's okay to let them go. That also goes with, I've had, I've been an independent agent my my entire career and I have had teams approach me and teams have told me, you have to wear a a suit and tie or a shirt when you go on a listing pitch, or you have to, you can't have blue hair. Or you can't. You have to wear pants every day. You have to, you know, speak speak a certain way. No, no, not for me. Like it, it. It's okay to say no to an opportunity because that opportunity might not be good for you. And saying no will open the door to another opportunity in the future. I am very happy. I have not taken some of these opportunities to be on certain teams. I don't think I would be able to be who I am and truly live in the. What's the word? I forget words all the time. (laughs) Um, The what's the word when you're? I can't think of the word. Like just the optimism and the the uh, what's the word? The the confidence, the confidence that I that I have today.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and you do. (laughs) No, you're good. You do definitely exude confidence, and I can tell you just have a genuine joy. And I think it's hard to have a genuine joy or confidence for that matter when you're not being yourself. So I think that's brilliant. Um, What, what other challenges in the market? So you said, you said for the first couple of years of your career, you were maybe doing like 10 million sales and now you're at 45. What were some of those other growth points you found in your business that, that exponentially grew? You know, how did you achieve that growth?
0: That is another great question. I think going to a lot of broker previews, (laughs) I go to a lot of broker previews. I go to a lot of different buildings. I research what these, what these apartments have sold for. So I, I, am not just a, you know, a pretty outfit. I I also know what's going on in the market. (laughs) Um, I think that is key. You can't fake it till you make it. And, I have heard that saying so much in real estate and it kills me because I remember when I was first doing these rental deals, my, my first year I was posting, I was, I just did a $2,000 rental. I just did a $3,000 rental Were the $10 million buyers calling me then. No, but I knew that I had to work up to that because I was not faking it. I was not saying, Oh, I just sold this $10 million house because I didn't. And I see a lot of real estate agents do that on Instagram. And I, I don't, I don't like that. It's not for me. It's not how I do my business. So really learning the market and being involved in it and going on as many previews as possible and really being, again, I think the key word is authentic, staying true to how many, like what you've done in sales and what you've done in rentals and posting the truth about it rather than the the falseness about it is, is what's really made me who, you know, made me where I am in my career right now.
2: Yeah. And it makes you trustworthy because you're honest. You know, you're not BSing anybody pretending to be something you're not, whether it's in your sales volume, whether it's in the way you present yourself and dress and talk and act, you're like, look, I'm me. And that allows people to instantly build trust. And something you're saying is so cool, because we recently interviewed one of the top Compass agents and one of the top agents, period, in the Austin, Texas market. Mm. His name is Matt Holm, and he's phenomenal. Um, He does over 100 transactions a year. I mean, he's he's just a monster. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, what do you think a new agent needs to do to start really getting their business going? And he said, two things, do what you like around people that you like. So be your authentic self. You know, if you don't like golf, don't go learn to play golf. Right. Same thing. I love that
0: advice. I love that advice. And I have taken that advice. I have, I have about four parties a year and I invite all my clients and I have, I have, music and vegan food, which I love vegan food. I love music. I love fashion. I I, I have a mat. At my last one, I had a magician come. I love, I love magic. So I have people come to spaces where that incorporate things that I love. And there I have outfit changes and nails. And, you know, I think the next one, we're going to have drag queens. Why would I not do that if that's what I like? I can see somebody telling me. I remember even in, in high school, all the normatives who will say, "Philip, you need to learn how to play golf," do you know, because that's that's what businessmen play. I'm I am a business and I am a businessman. You know what I mean? And I don't play golf. And I I, know. you know, and here we are. <laughs> you know, we're, we're 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 doing the best that we can. So when I incorporate myself around people that I like and things that I like to do, like Matt's advice from Austin, which is great advice the business comes to you, the success comes to you when you don't change who you are.
2: Well, and so here was his second piece of advice. And I love it because you guys are saying the same thing. He said, so do what you like around people that you like. So build those authentic connections. And then he said, become an expert in your market. Consume media about your market, consume media about the broader real estate market as a whole. Just just pick up little nuggets that you can drop in conversations to educate clients genuinely, and you'll become their real estate advisor. You'll become an expert they depend on, and guess who they're going to call when they're ready to buy and sell?
0: Me. <laughs> that's yeah. right.
2: That's right. And that's the same thing you were saying. You're like, hey, go to the, go to the broker opens, go to places where you can start picking up knowledge about your market And don't just fake that you know stuff. Go learn stuff.
0: Yeah. And also do marketing that you enjoy. So I love going out to eat. I love shopping. And I like helping people buy and sell apartments. So I I did this show called Three Things with Agent P, where I would go to different neighborhoods and I... Literally, you wouldn't even know that I'm selling an apartment until you get to the end of the one-minute episode. I'd start at my favorite restaurant in the neighborhood. i go to my favorite clothing store in the neighborhood. You would see me eating the food. You would see me trying on the clothes. I would end up in my favorite apartment in in that neighborhood. So I'm selling an entire lifestyle, okay? And the, the title of the show is called Three Things with Agent P. I'm showing you three things in my favorite neighborhood, and I'm selling you an entire lifestyle. So when you're knowledgeable of not only the neighborhood you know people are going to ask you where's the best place to go eat where's the best place to you know and I like these neighborhoods I want to sell in these neighborhoods so I'm blasting these out on my IG I'm blasting them out on YouTube I'm sending them out to my email blast so when people are like oh I want to buy in Chelsea Philip just did this episode in Chelsea he showed this fabulous apartment he just showed me all these places to go in Chelsea I'm going to call Philip and you wouldn't believe how many people shut down that idea when I first came up with that they're like that's the stupidest idea. Nobody, nobody cares about this. Like nobody wants to see you do that. And now here we are.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, Philip, you need to be in a, a suit on a cell phone playing golf. That's the Not only way me. To on real estate. Not me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. It's so similar to here. In my market, we have a bunch of little segment markets that are all really high end all the neighborhoods are very close to one another but very different and they cater to very different needs and selling the lifestyle is so big for us here too i think it's big in almost any market even if it's a a rental market because you got to sell that lifestyle to renters too and uh, you have to start somewhere you know Absolutely. And so what I did was even when I just, even as soon as I have like a little nest egg that I could afford to go rent the cheapest place in one of these neighborhoods, I just went and rented like, even if it was two nights, just something yeah. that I could afford to go visit the coffee shop that everybody loves and go eat at that restaurant and go walk down to the beach because we're in a beach town and see what just kind of live the lifestyle go Oh my gosh, this is why everybody loves it here. Because yeah. then I can sell the lifestyle
0: exactly and that's what you're selling when you're selling real estate you're selling a lifestyle you're not just opening the door and you know letting the person tour the apartment you need to really explain to people why they want to call this place their home
2: so let me ask you this how do you find out what someone's why is
0: a lot of conversation <laughs> um, yeah. I, I like to talk a lot if you can't tell I like to ask a lot of questions I I used to be a film journalist at at FIT so I was one of the lead correspondents for the TV show so I like talking and I like getting to know people so whenever I have that initial conversation whether it be Zoom phone coffee I, I ask them why are you moving why do you want to move to this location why do you need X amount of bedrooms why do you need this type of building so I can send them properties that match their criteria. nobody hates anything more than an agent that doesn't send them things that they, that they didn't ask for there. There's obviously a few fuzzy areas in real estate where they said they might like something, but you're still going to send it to them, but I don't just send them a text or send them the listing via email blindly. I say, Hey, I saw this one. I'm not sure if you're going to love it, but I'm still sending it just as a plan B or C. And sometimes that plan B or C is my client's like, oh my God, you know me better than I know myself. I didn't think I would like this neighborhood or like this th- this apartment, but thank you for sending it to me. And that's the one that, that goes in the contract. <laughs> so just really listening and being, I always like to put myself in their shoes. I I, I wish when I, if, if I were buying an apartment in New York, I hope that the agent would be like me. So I tell them I will do everything in my power to make sure that this is a very seamless You know, experience for you, and just a lot of communication.
2: (laughs) That's huge, yeah. And it's so why? Hey, we want an apartment with three bedrooms. We need a, a condo or a townhouse, and you know, in this section, of New York, and this is our budget. Most agents will go, great, I'll go find that. Give me, give me two seconds. Let me go run a search. You're going, hey, why do you need three bedrooms? Yeah, well, it's just me and my partner, but. Uh, we really need a home office for both of us and maybe a a flex space for entertaining. All of a sudden you're like, okay, so you don't necessarily need three bedrooms. You need one bedroom and a place for an office and a flex. And if you didn't ask why you'd have missed out on some great two bedroom unit that has a flex
0: space. Right on the nail, right on the nail.
2: Yeah. And 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 to be honest,
0: I used to miss that in my first, in the beginning of real estate where I wasn't listening and I, and I would really just say, okay, how many bedrooms, how many bathrooms and do searches like that and try to send them things. But if I don't ask the why, then I'm going to miss out on these opportunities and which I have in the past, in the past. And I hope not to miss out on them in the future.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I love it. So like in my market, people say, oh, we only want watercolor, which is this really beautiful neighborhood, but it's very crowded. And I'd be like, oh, great. Watercolor. What do you, what do you love about watercolor? And most people will go, Oh, cool. Let me just set you up a search with just watercolor homes. We'll get it going. What do you love about watercolor? Well, you know, we've only been there one time on vacation and uh, we we just love the atmosphere because it was really quiet. And I'm like, okay, you came at a really good time because it's never quiet. (laughs) Maybe that's not the right fit. Exactly. They came in the off season. They don't know what it's like in the busy season in the summer when everyone's there. And so th- that why question has been huge for me in my business. It, it took yeah. me, it was one of the things that, so I was like you, I was doing 10 million and then I did 12 million. I was like, dang, I was really hoping to do a, a bigger jump than 10 to 12. Yeah. When I started asking why, I went from 12 to 35 real quick. That's so good. Congratulations. That's so thank good. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so, yeah, I think that's huge. Um, and so one other thing I saw in your bio is you're huge on animal advocacy. And could you just share a little bit more about that? I've heard your beautiful dogs already. Oh my gosh. And, uh, <laughs> what's, what's the story?
0: So I became heavily involved in, in uh, Animal Haven, which is a dog <laughs> shelter here in New York, when I saw one of my friend's posted that they were walking dogs in New York. And I was like, wow, I love dogs. I want to do this five years later. It's it's literally around the time that I started doing, uh, you know, selling real estate. And I just fell in love with being around animals and caring for them. And it's such a humbling experience. And when you're in New York, whether your job is anything, fashion, banking, real estate, it, it grounds you. It makes you realize that there's a bigger picture in this life. And since I started volunteering there, we have fostered over 25 dogs. We've adopted three dogs. I, volu- I dedicate at least at least minimum one day a week to volunteering there. Um, and it's just changed my life. I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge animal advocate, and I love dogs, <laughs> which is a huge Aww. thing about me. And I've met so many great people volunteering. So it goes back to that, that thing when people surround yourself around people who you want to surround yourself around do things that you like to do I genuinely like volunteering I have and again it's just an additive bonus of this I've gotten 7 million of my deals from 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 being at uh the shelter and just meeting people at the shelter who who appreciate what I do I appreciate what they do for the shelter and they just so happen to need an apartment in New York City and here I am
2: you know (laughs) That's amazing. I was going to ask if it had led to any deals because I figured it had. That's so cool. $7 yes. million dollars off doing what you love for a charity that, or just, you know, just out of the goodness of your heart, really. Exactly. That's yeah. So it's, it, again, that's not
0: why I volunteer, but it's just crazy how it's a, it's, it's a full circle experience when you do things that you like, you know, good things come to you.
2: A hundred percent. And, um, also, I'm curious to just to circle back. You said, hey, in the beginning, I was doing these apartment deals for like two and three thousand a month. And now I've got $10 million clients calling me. Yeah. What was what were some of the pain points you had and some of the, the breakthroughs you had in transitioning from the lower end of real estate to the luxury end of real estate?
0: So I think in real estate agents get frustrated very easily. I am one of those agents that would get frustrated very easily, (laughs) or I would want to be at the next level in my career quicker than how it was. But I think to go back to your question of pain points, it's realizing that things take time. And if there is any advice that any new agent is listening to this podcast, you have to be patient. I, 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 it's too many times where I meet new agents and they're like, I'm going to be, I'm going to sell 15 million in, in my first year. If you have that client base, I applaud you and, and honestly go for it. But you need to build the credibility. You need to build the knowledge. You need to know what you're doing and, and, and what you're talking about. Because I have seen a lot of agents not know what they're doing. And I feel bad for their clients because they're not getting the apartments that they want because they they don't have the experience and know how to close a deal um, so it's just it's just being patient again like my, my first deal was actually my husband's best friend it was a $1600 deal in Queens and three years later she ended up buying an apartment with me so she went from my first deal which was less than2,000 to buying an apartment with me just last year and she's referred me so much business so it's paying your dues putting in the work, realizing that these little deals will get you to big deals and the rest is history and now, and and, and being patient with yourself too.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Truthfully, I think some of the best learning happens on the lower end of real estate. Everybody wants to be the luxury agent, which is, I mean, look, we all want to be the luxury agent, right? It's great. But I learned the most on the small deals because they end up being the toughest ones have you was that kind of your experience too or is that just me always the
0: rent like doing rentals and going through all these hoops and jumps and the issues that go along with New York real estate and the condos and the co-ops and the board packages thank God I did I did those small rental deals because if I had this you know even two or three million dollar buyer and I didn't know what I was doing to navigate a co-op or a condo we would have lost that deal so I'm thankful for that $2,500 co-op rental that took two months to, to get a thousand dollar paycheck for (laughs) because I was able to navigate my buyers through that, you know, in the future.
2: Yeah. Or, or even worse, right? Like you drop the ball on something or you don't quite know some of the verbiage in a contract and it ends up biting you in the butt. You'd so much rather learn that the hard way on a small deal than a multi million dollar deal.
0: And to be honest, I have I have made that mistake in the beginning in a multi million dollar deal, and thankfully we've rectified it. But it could have been a much bigger disaster. So experience is key.
2: (laughs) Yes, yeah, because the multi million guys they're they're more litigious than than the sixteen hundred month renters. (laughs) Exactly.
0: And you're dealing with families normally, and you're dealing with timelines, and it's 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 it, it, it could be very bleak if you make a, if, if you make a mistake.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. agree. Do you feel like, um, cause, cause for me, i I've always wanted to be a listing agent. I enjoy listings, but yes. I learned the most running buyers around and, and figuring <laughs> out what they wanted, learning different condo buildings or different neighborhoods. Cause you, you see so much more inventory, or at least that's, that was my experience. Do you feel like working with buyers is the best way for a new agent to learn a lot quickly?
0: the absolute best way <laughs> not it, it it is the best way um I mean you answer the question you, you see so many apartments you see how a listing agent you know and I have actually learned a lot from the mistakes that listing agents have made they're not prepared they don't know about the building so I always like to have and an FAQ sheet before the buyer even steps foot in the door. I give it to their agent. I say, hey, here's an FAQ sheet to give to your buyer before they step foot in the door. So they're not asking how many units, what's the reserve, what's the sublet, what's the, you know, how many, how many apartments are on this floor? They know that before they even step foot in the apartment. And it actually makes them feel better. Like they know the building and they know the apartment before they even step foot into it. So dealing with a lot of buyers and seeing how listing agents ha- have acted has, has helped me
2: <laughs> throughout my brilliant. entire career. Yeah, I'm, I love that you're giving them that frequently asked question sheet on stuff yeah. because in the beginning of my career, I knew nothing and I was hoping to God the listing agents knew more than I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you taking the time to prepare is so, you were so ahead of the curve on that.
0: I I, I think being one step ahead of your seller and buyer is key, you know, into making sure that you have a smooth transaction.
2: A hundred percent. Yeah. You, you step into the advisor role, right? You're not just selling people stuff. You're advising them and letting them make a good decision, but you're equipping them with the knowledge they need to make that decision.
0: You know, just just one more point from that. When I take a buyer out and they express heavy interest, they like say that we're seeing five or six apartments. And like Philip, I'm very excited about this one. I prepare my CMA report before we go out. I, I I explain it to them before we step foot in the apartment. I say, hey, we haven't seen the apartment in person yet, but here's an overall picture of what two-bedroom condos in the West Village with a doorman and a co-op building are selling for (laughs) on a similar floor. So I I get very granular with all those uh, criteria points. And I say, hey, the average price point is this or this price per square foot. So I'm I'm prepared. So they don't just go in and be like, Philip, let's offer $200,000 below ask. Because sometimes the advice is we actually have to offer $200,000 over the ask to get this apartment a lot of people price low now to, you know, get that bidding war happening. So knowing even the, the, I I like to make up words, the granular, the granular, <laughs> I think that's a word.
2: It's a word. Know? It counts.
0: Okay. It counts. It counts. I like to make up words all the time uh, about the apartment before they even step foot into the apartment makes a, a huge difference.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. That is, that's a brilliant strategy because it's, You know, it's one thing to do it after the fact, but man, to go in there ready to go, it's like, they're ready to write that offer. Yes, one step ahead. That's brilliant. Well, Philip, I have so enjoyed speaking with you, sir. Thank you so much for your time today.
0: I appreciate appreciate you so much. You have no idea I had the best time talking to you. And I hope that all my tangents, (laughs) I didn't go off to too far off tangents.
2: No, I think you added a lot of value, really. I think you've, you've dropped a lot of nuggets on this podcast. Good. And um, l- let me ask you this, for, for people that want to follow your journey or maybe send you some New York City clients, yes. where can they find you?
0: So my Instagram is at Philip philipowensalem, that's philip with two L's. My website is philipowensalem.com. And yeah, those are the two places, philipsalem at, at, at compass.com.
2: Well, fantastic. Philip, I appreciate you, sir. And um, we look forward to watching you continue to grow in success. And uh, as a fellow Compass agent, I'm sure I'll be able to send you some business and I appreciate yes. your time.
0: And you too. I want, I want all my clients to go to your part of Florida.
2: <laughs> yes. You got to come check it out. We've got the best beaches in the US. You got you to gotta show them that sugar white sand. They'll be sold.
0: Yes. Can't wait. Thank you so much again.
2: Yes, sir. All right, Real Estate rock stars. We'll talk to you next time.
1: All right, Real Estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate right rankings. Right now we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also.